Hello, hello. It's another episode of Delisted the Podcast. I'm Michael K. I'm Allison. Hashtag free Britney is close to happen. I would say we're almost like, if I had to do math, I'd say we're like 95% there. Yeah, I think it's probably going to happen by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. The way that things are moving. Because last week, Judge Brenda Penny, she's the judge in Britney's conservatorship case, Mm -hmm. suspended Britney's dad, Jamie Spears, as conservator, which is what she wanted. So congrats. Let's cheers with some Slim Jims and a frap. (laughs) Ooh, in in each other. Is that sex? And it's not in a sexy way. No, in a delicious way. way. Yeah, in a delicious way. So we've talked about Britney's conservatorship to death on this podcast, Mm -hmm. but the gist is that Britney wants out of her 13-year conservatorship, but more importantly, she wanted to kick her father out. He's been conservator for most of the 13 years. Mm -hmm. He's current, well, was in charge of Britney's money, while Jody Montgomery, she's a lawyer, is in charge of Britney the person. And Daddy Spears, when Britney said, you know, I want him out of here, he said he would step down when the time is right. And her lawyer accused him of extortion because apparently he wanted $2 million to go away. And they're not about to pay that. But then he filed papers saying that he just wants the conservatorship to end altogether. He wanted full free Britney. Michael, imagine, by the way, if one of you, if you'd like hired one of your relatives to help you out and then they were like, oh yeah, no, I'll quit, but I want $2 million to leave. That is so bold and gross. I would say you're really fucking stupid because you you and I both know I don't have $2 million. Yeah, I look in my wallet, see if you yeah. find a coupon. $2, yeah. You if you find it. $2, that's a lot. That's generous of me. But yeah, so <laughs> that takes us to last week and there was a hearing to discuss britney's petition to push her father out britney wasn't part of the hearing but her lawyer was and he he went hard for her mm-hmm. that that didn't sound right in a legal way in a legal way he went hard for her so in the most respectful way in the most professional respectful legal mm-hmm. way so of course matthew rosengart britney's new attorney argued that Daddy Spears is cruel, abusive, and he also brought up something from the Hulu documentary Controlling Britney Spears, which is a follow-up to Framing Britney Spears. I have not seen either. You haven't seen Framing Britney Spears? No. It seemed like a lot of things that I knew, and some people were like, if you kind of know the case, you don't need to see it. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's kind of like, uh, you know what's going on there. Controlling Britney Spears, there seems there's shit that I've never heard of. So one thing that is in Controlling Spears that Matthew Rosengart brought up during the hearing is that um, uh, someone who used to work for a security company that Daddy Spears hired back in the day claimed that he uh, had Britney's phone tapped and then had her bedroom bugged. Mm -hmm. He had everything. So he had like access to the cloud So he knew literally everything she was doing. And then, yeah, a little tiny microphone or who knows, maybe one of those teddy bear cameras in her bedroom. Yes, he was the he was a creepier Peter Gabriel because is that Peter Gabriel? Yeah. Every breath you take or is that sting? That's sting. Oh, shit. Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer. (laughs) Oh, no, he's in your eyes. I don't know why. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) No. Yeah, Daddy Spears was a creepier sting because he knew every breath she took, every fart she made, everything. And she and um, the employee says he has like some audio from 2016, I think. Yes. And that's kind of when she was first dating her now fiance, Sam Ascari. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know this, Allison, but like when two people, you know, first start dating and this. They start to have feelings for each other. Okay, I'm following for you. Each other. Okay, they sometimes right. get naked in their bedrooms and they uh, display their love to each other. 
hmm, you're saying like some people do this, right? Yeah, some. And Brittany may have done this with Sam Oscari and then her dad may have heard all of this. He's pulling a sting in the other room. He's oh like, he's God. like, he's like putting his fingers in his ears being like, I don't want to hear that. Well, don't hear that. Then don't bug her room, Jimmy Spears. Or maybe he's, anyways, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going <laughs> to speculate what else he's going to be doing. But that would have, that would have kept me off sex forever. Or I would only have sex like in the bathroom with the shower on with a, um, with an LMFAO song blasting. So who's ever bugging and listening in will be like, no, 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 that's too far. Except for me, I would yeah. be listening to it. You'd be jamming. I'd be like listening to it being like, yes, he's in the bathroom again. <laughs> turn. I'd be yelling through the door. I'd be like, turn it up. So yeah, Matthew Rosengart brought that up. And Daddy Spears' lawyer was in the court arguing to end the conservatorship altogether. Now, Matthew Rosengart says that they don't want that yet. Maybe like in a few months. But they mm-hmm. just want him out because if they end the conservatorship now, Daddy Spears doesn't have to hand over the books and records he kept while right. being Britney's conservator. And they believe that, well, he was stealing from her. So they want a forensic accountant to look, go over the books. CSI. Yes. And so Britney got her wish. So her dad got suspended. And a forensic accountant is probably going to look over those books. Jason Rubin is the temporary conservator. Mm-hmm. And those books are probably going to show some bad shit happened. At the very least, some spending beyond your means. Susie Orman would not. I have a feeling that it's the kind of stuff that would make her very upset. Yeah, but, you know, his previous Daddy Spears' previous job was a chef. So he probably cooked those books up. Mm, with, a, with a side of... Uh, uh, f- fancy potatoes. I was trying to think of what fancy potatoes would be, Michael, and I was like, French fries. To Daddy Spears, that's the um, the the flakes ones. The They're from powdered, France. The powdered. Oh, <laughs> yep, Idahoan. That's the, yeah, fancy. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are good. <laughs> and Britney celebrated in a couple of ways. So she thanked the Free Britney movement on social media and said that their resistance has helped to move her closer to being free of her conservatorship completely. Mm-hmm. And Brittany also took like a victory trip with her fiance, Sam Oscar, to like some tropical lo- locale. Like when they were all in the hearing, she was in a plane going off to somewhere in the Pacific. She looks like she's on the island uh, from the movie Old, except she's going to come back. It'll be her version will be um, younger because she's going to come back looking younger because she has all this like weight lifted off her shoulders so instead of old it's called wait for not it old. young i was gonna say young we don't want to get sued by uh hillary duff with her show younger or miley cyrus with her album yeah we, we don't want double lawsuits so mm-hmm. she also posted some pictures that people have thoughts on they have mm-hmm. serious thoughts on these pictures. So the pictures, um, so it's like Brittany naked and she's in the bathroom of wherever she's staying. And there's cherry blossom emojis covering, you know, her nip, nipple knobs and her coochie. Yeah. She's naked. And it's not, I mean, Brittany has been naked in pictures before. And recently she's posted like a lot of pictures of her topless holding her nipples covering her nipples so it's nothing new but some people like they've become certified psychiatrists overnight and they like think the pictures are disturbing and that it shows that she's not mentally well i and some people like me took it that like britney's kind of sticking it to her father right because he was so controlling and there was also rumors back in the day that he wouldn't let her go out of the house without a bra on so Mm -hmm. i took it as like a fuck you and because i can get naked i am gonna get naked and show him what are your thoughts on these naked pictures i think that like i'm with you where it's like you know she was controlled for so long she can finally make her own decisions 
Sort of. I would say generally she can, like, you know that her dad was definitely so strict and so weird about stuff. I mean, he was allegedly bugging her bedroom. Like, he's extremely weird and gross. So I can only imagine what his, the conversation would be around him wanting to put a bra on Britney Spears. So I think that, yeah, it's like she's got a little taste of freedom. She's excited and she wants to take off her clothes. She wants to like kind of show her boobs and it's fine. It's like, it's one of those things where like, that's what Instagram is. That's what Instagram is for. Like if you're like a MILF in your late thirties, early forties, go ahead, put those cherry blossoms on your nipples. Like do it. You either do it now or when are you going to do it? I mean, pretty much anytime you can do it whenever you want. There's no age limit to cherry blossoms. But I think she's just having fun, truthfully. Same as you. Like, she's just, she's allowed to do it now. Her dad would never have allowed her to do it before. One thing I will say about the pictures is now that Britney hopefully has more control for money, she needs to buy a better camera phone because these pictures are always, I think they're really grainy and the lighting is always dark. So I can see why people would think it looks like something out of back pages because Mm -hmm. there's kind of like blurry and grainy and dark. So she needs to get a better camera. She needs to get some ring lights. Oh my God. That's the thing. Her dad's probably been denying her ring lights. I mean, you're right. The pictures look like they were shot on a work issued Nokia. They're so bad. They always make her eyes look really raccoon-y. Well, Which that's the, that's, they kind that's of also the, makeup. that's the 10 layers of eyeliner as well. <laughs> sure. I'm sure that helps too, but yeah. Sure, but like the, the lighting makes her look like an extra tired raccoon though. Yeah, she needs ring lights. She needs, oh, you know what else she needs too? For someone to teach her what filters are. Well, she knows what filters are, but she uses like the dog ears ones. Yeah, that's what I mean though. She needs to like do the like... Chloe Kardashian. Yeah, the like real body altering ones where it's like just go all out go crazy get two ring lights have fun with it yeah and people always also comment like her eyes look dead but i think she's trying to do like sexy eyes because when i do that i look like i'm farting like sometimes when you try to do sexy eyes it does not look sexy also you know what to those people i take real issue with that because every picture i've ever taken in my whole life i look like i have dead eyes like i can't show emotion with my eyes so just you you need to go see tyra Oh, no, I'd fail. I'd fail. She'd kick me out of the class. She's like, you're frown, you're frownzing. Frown, frown. You're not smizing, you're fr- frownzing. I'm like, mm, is that French fries? <laughs> okay, the next story, Allison, I'm going to uh-huh. ask you who is the asshole here. Okay. Okay. So the players in this story, there's two players in this story. Maya and Bialik. You're like, mm-hmm. stop right there. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I think I know. Michael, I'd like to I'd like to wager my guess right now. We don't need to go any further. And wait, maybe maybe you don't. And Neil Patrick Harris. Hmm, the game just got harder. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, a, it, it's a toss-up. So Maya Bialik, best known as Blossom, of course. She's one of the hosts of Jeopardy right now. So she's... Bef- I'm going to just talk a little bit, a, a bit about her first before we mm-hmm. get to the story. So she's been problematic in the past you could say um she's post she's pushed anti-vax shit although she claims now she's not anti-vax and is fully vaccinated against coronavirus but she has pushed anti-vax shit before Mm -hmm. she also when the stories about harvey weinstein came out she decided to be a great idea to write an op-ed piece and she basically victim blamed in it do you remember this yeah she was playing like devil's victim blaming advocate Like, she was like, if you didn't want this to happen, yeah. Yeah, us women need to be more aware of what we're getting into, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It was very Mm victim-blaming. And um, she's a neuroscientist, right? She'll tell you any chance she gets. And she pushes, like, a brain supplement that is basically a scam. I mean, that's very Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, she's, she's... getting into Gwyneth Paltrow's territory with that. So that's Blossom. Neil Patrick Harris is best known for playing Doogie. He was on, well, to me, he's best known for playing Doogie, but to many probably for, um, how, what is that show called? Meet, Not the Big Bang the Mother. Yeah, whatever it's called. They, <laughs> meeting the, the Mother. They, they meet the woman. Show where they meet the woman. <laughs> the, me, the meeting in the ladies' room is, yeah, uh, yeah that one. So, so... Three months after Amy Winehouse died in 2011, mm-hmm. he had um, a Halloween party and he decided to make a dish 
that looked or had a dish made that looked like Amy Winehouse's corpse. And he served this and pictures of it ended up on social media. And during the Tonys in 2018, he tweeted that the woman hosting the backstage show was annoying and she said like too much. It turned out that woman was Rachel Bloom and Rachel let him know that they've met many times before and that her husband was a writer on his show Meeting in the Ladies Room. Oh, that's, yeah, that's nice. So (laughs) that's, those are the players in this story, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. So Maya, she told the story on James Corden's show. So she said that she and Doogie Howser, they didn't talk for years. And it's all because she didn't stand up for him and made it clear that she wasn't going to stand up for him during a standing ovation of a performance of Rent he was in. So this mm-hmm. is like battle of the egos. And this is going back in time because we're talking about Rent. Yeah, and this was in 1997. Neil Patrick Harris played Mark Cohen in the touring in a touring production of rent and i actually saw him because it stopped in la that Uh might have been like the first or second stop and i saw him and at the time like they did um they sold 15 dollar front row tickets at what i would say noon the day of each performance right they would the front row it would be 15 dollars, and in new york people would spend the night like camp on the street so my friend asia i w- i told her i said i want to go see rant will you camp out with me and she said okay so okay. that's what we did we like camped out all night we were the only ones doing it i thought there was going to be a line a long ass line around the block no no you're I just don't think two people camping out in los angeles on the with sidewalk. nothing else to do so yeah mm-hmm. so she, i so we did that we sat front row i don't think she really liked it very much but that's what friends do but blossom would not understand that and you know what's really messed up is blossom was in beaches she should know a thing or two about friendship but apparently she does not no she didn't pay attention so blossom she first made it clear to james corden that she doesn't like musicals so she doesn't think acting in music should be one. Oh boy that math is wrong but whatever blossom so and james was offended by that since he's in a lot of musicals specifically ruins a lot of musicals, but he was offended by that. So to show how much she hates musicals, she willingly told a story about how she was friends with Neil and went to see him in Rent. And she said she was a teenager at the time. I don't know if she was a teenager. Like, I don't know if the math works out, but she she was teenager, like early 20s. And she said she, again, doesn't really care for musicals, but she went because her friend was in it, right? So she took her boyfriend at the time, and after the show ended and the cast came out for bows, everyone stood up. And she turned to her boyfriend and said, I don't want to stand for this. And she stayed sitting. And Neil Patrick Harris was on stage, not far from her, bow, and he saw her say that. But when your friend is in the play, yeah, and then everybody's clapping at the end... And you say to your, your boyfriend next to you, I don't want to stand for this. And then oh, you look up, up and up Neil for... Patrick Harris is looking right at you. It's a bad day. Hang on. So everyone was stood up. And Standing you did... ovation because everybody loves Rent and Neil Patrick Harris was in it. It was like we were teenagers. It was like right after he finished Doogie Howser. And Neil was fantastic. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. But I just wasn't into like the let's give a standing ovation. I wasn't, it wasn't my thing. But you did. That's the time when you don't say it out loud. Ouch, you fucked up, Blossom. Yeah, and if I was her, that's when I'd say, okay, I fucked up, bye. And I would just go home. And But she went backstage. Oh, my God. I thought she ha- I thought she hated musicals. You'd think she'd be, like, running out of the theater being like, thank God I get to go home. But no, I, I want to go hang out backstage as well. I know. As soon as the curtain fell, before the curtain call, you'd think she would be booking it to the parking the garage. Aisle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she went backstage and Neil Patrick Harris said to her, called around, said to her, why did you say you wouldn't stand up? And when I went backstage to say hi to him, he said, we were friends at the time, at the time, he said, I kid you not, why did you say you weren't going to stand up? (laughs) He read my lips. That's a very fair question. I did not have a good answer. No. It was terrible. Then you just got to own it. You just got to own it. It was bad. I did not enjoy it. 
was many years ago. We didn't speak for a long time. Really? Wow. He says that he forgave me. And he sent me flowers when he heard about that. I'm still carrying this terrible. I mean, I feel terrible. This just wasn't my thing. You should feel terrible. But it sounds like they're still not friends. It sounds like that ruined their friendship. Whatever kind of friendship they had, that yeah, it obviously it. wasn't very strong. You know what they say, Michael? It's like that um, saying: if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And she fell out of Neil Patrick Harris's life. <laughs> Yeah, she fell out of Doogie's inner circle. And also it was kind of awkward when she was telling this story because she was laughing. I think she thought it was a good story to tell. And she was yeah. laughing and James Corden was stone-faced. He, and he, was, he said something like, you know, yeah, I don't, yeah, I think that was mean. He didn't say yeah. that, but basically <laughs> he's on team Doogie and the audience was quiet. So it was really awkward. So Allison, who, who is the asshole here? Oh my God, definitely Blossom. I mean, listen, Neil Patrick Harris was the asshole for like making his friends come to his rent show. Like that's already kind of like bad because you know he definitely high pressured them like being like, uh, I'm playing in Los Angeles on the Thursday and like you better come to this or whatever, right? But that's what friends do. They go to your plays and they go to your improv shows and they go to all your stuff. And literally all Blossom had to do was like, turn her knees from a 90 degree angle into a whatever the one that's tall is and just stand up and like she could do like that kind of like half clap where you like put your hands together and then hold them do you know what i'm yeah talking and about? you yeah and you have yeah. to stand up anyways to leave yeah what are you gonna live at the theater for the rest <laughs> yeah. of your life she's still there she actually told that story she was zooming the in that theater yeah <laughs> she's, she's like i told you i'm not standing up <laughs> I'll never stand up. <laughs> I, like, I'm with you. If if she hates musicals so much, just say, you know what? I have the flu. I can't make yeah. it. Send some flowers. But if you're going to go stand up for your friend, clap for your friend. I mean, I've been to shows of things that I'm really not into, but I've gone because my friend is in it. And I show up. I clap. If people stand up, I stand up. I support them. I mean, it's not hard. That's what friends do. Well, Michael, with now that you say that, I'm actually um, in this like low budget production of Rent. Beetlejuice. And oh. it's a one, no, <laughs> yeah, the, the Beetlejuice musical that closed on Broadway. Well, I'm reopening it back up, and it's actually a one woman show as well. I play every part, so I'm hoping that you could actually come to opening night for me. I've saved a seat for you in the front. I know you like the front. <laughs> and I would go, and I would go, and would. I would clap. Yes, because that's that's what you do. If I really, 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 really didn't want to go, I would just say, I, I make something up. I'm sick or something. I wouldn't go and be a, a, you know, a grouch. You wouldn't sit there and, like, fold your arms and be like, I'm not standing up for this bullshit. Because, listen, we, we would all know that it's a bullshit production. You don't have to mouth the words out loud. Yeah, like... <laughs> I'm not standing for this, you know, artistic crap. Me, the star of Blossom. Me, the star the... of the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah. Me, me who hosted several seasons of Candid Camera. I have artistic integrity. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's like, Blossom, you willingly went on the James Corden show. Okay? You can't judge anybody. Really. Yeah. And also, since we're getting into it, like, Six Lemur and Joey carried you on... Blossom the show, okay? If we want to be real. So since you like sitting, stay sitting. And you know that the two of them would stand up and clap at a musical if their friend was in it. Yeah, and then they would ask, this is comped, right? They would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They're rolling in residuals. So now let's talk about soaking. And we don't mean wet clothes. No, and I don't mean, you know, when you really don't want to do the dishes. So, you're, so you take the <laughs> pot and you just put it in the sink and then you're, I'm going to let that soak. Soak. <laughs> when it's not going to do shit, you just are avoiding doing the dishes. So we're not talking about that. Mm -mm. Um, we're talking about a Mormon sex act. I get, well, a Mormon non-sect sex act, as some of them see it, soaking. Have you ever heard of this? Before today, no, or before recently. No, I had never heard of this ever. I mean, I had heard of like, um, I'd heard of like, you know, girls that I went to school with um, doing anal because they're like, well, that's not losing my virginity. We've all heard that. We've all heard that 
uh, uh, idea. Um, but no, I've never heard of soaking at all. It shocked me. Yeah, I've never heard of this until TikTok, of course. Mm-hmm. So a TikTok user named Funeral Potato Slut. I'm sure that's on her birth certificate. <laughs> that's the great. That's the greatest name. Shut down TikTok now. Don't let anyone. Just the their usernames or numbers from here on out. That's a perfect name. Funeral oh Potato Slut one, two, and three. Yeah. So <laughs> she posted a TikTok about soaking. So Mormons aren't allowed to fuck before marriage. Right. And apparently mm-hmm. teens have come up with a way to get around that rule, but it doesn't really get around that rule. Anyway, so soaking is when a dude puts his penis into a lady, but doesn't thrust or move around or orgasm. He just it's just like putting your finger into that oxygen level doohickey thing and you just keep it there. You know the what I'm talking about? Level. What are you like talking to check about? your oxygen levels. You put your finger. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know yeah talking about? Is that for oxygen on. levels? No, I don't heartbeat. Know. I think it's heartbeat. heartbeat. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You put it in for your heartbeat. Basically, it's like that. You just put your penis into a lady, and you don't. Neither of you move. And then a friend. Yes, it involves a friend. You need a friend. Gets up on the bed and jumps near both of you to create a humping effect. <laughs> So they're like, they're like, no to sex, but yes to sort of threesomes. Yeah, exactly. But and I I guess it's a way to preserve their virginity. Um, So several Mormons confirm that this is a thing that teens and students do. And one Mormon said that some teens also consider, like you said, butt sex as a way to Mm -hmm. preserve their virginity. But other Mormons claim that it's not as prevalent in the Mormon community as some think, since it makes no sense, since you're pretty much having sex. That's just what they want you to believe. Yeah, and one Mormon told the New York Post, Mormons have very strict rules about touching over the clothes or under the clothes and no petting, so it's all very much against the law of chastity and would still require the man and woman to confess to their bishops to be able to become good standing members in the church. So it really just makes no sense. My take is that it's probably 99% rumor and joke and a handful of idiots try it. I don't know about that. I mean, like, people do some weird stuff when they're trying to skirt the rules of morality. And that definitely seems like the kind of thing that, like, two kids going to a Mormon Christian college would do. That seems a lot of work. And so one, another Mormon told the Post that the Mormon elders get pissed off when soaking goes viral. I guess it's gone viral before. Because it's misinformation, and they think it's used to manipulate young girls into having sex. So I guess they're saying, like, maybe the boys are like, this is how we can have no sex, have no sex sex. I mean, all of these seem like completely valid options. I Okay, so when I looked up soaking, I found an article that was written four years ago. Um, by this person who claimed to like be going to like Brigham Young University or whatever. And he said that he like soaked with his girlfriend all the time because she uh, wanted to save herself for marriage. But his version of soaking didn't involve somebody jumping on the bed. It was just motionless. It was like going to get your nails done and you put your nails in the little clamshell and you just leave them. Then you take them out. Why? Because I mean... Again, it's like when you're when you're like sort of really like into saving yourself for marriage, you'll do anything. You'll wear a purity ring. You'll go to a purity ball. You'll just have your like have two people lie on top of each other with a penis inside a vagina not moving. I don't know. That seems like a way to turn yourself off sex forever because teen sex or young sex is already awkward. And this just makes it more awkward. And it's with the jumping thing, it makes it dangerous. Because what if the person jumping next to you loses their balance, falls on you, both of you, Mm -hmm. and suddenly you got to go to the ER because you both have broken genitals? And how do you explain that? Yeah, and someone could fall off the bed and break their neck. That's like yeah. And how do you explain that? You're naked and you're you're like, listen, we're playing a game of Twister, and. (laughs) 
Abby over here <laughs> spilled some punch, so we had to take off our clothes to let them dry. So we're, so we're playing Twister without our clothes, and then we fell, and his dick fell into my coochie, and it broke. And then Abby's neck broke because she felt. I mean, no, it's just poor Abby. No, even worse. They go to the hospital and they're like, they're like, how did this happen? And they're like, well, we're saving ourselves for marriage. And so I decided to soak in my girlfriend and my friend bounced on the bed and then they fell off and they broke their neck. And they're like, okay, but really, how did this happen? We were playing a naked game of Twister and Twister. Abby. Yeah. They're like, I knew, it. I knew it was Twister. Michael, I've got great news. Adele is back. Adele the singer. Okay. I'm not a I'd, white girl. So if I was a white girl, I'd be, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah. Is that how we sound? Yeah. Ah. We don't be, sound like that. Me running to Starbucks to grab my pumpkin spice latte before I go over to, oh, we don't go over to record stores anymore. No, to before, download, download yeah, it. Yeah, before iTunes, I run I over to download it on, yeah, on my Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, for uh, for those of us who are drinking pumpkin spice lattes right now, don't look at me, Adele. <laughs> Adele, <laughs> Adele's returning to the, I mean, the music industry. She didn't retire, but she just like no. didn't release music <laughs> in a long time. So she was like, there were billboards that were up, going up all over the place that just had this mysterious thirty on them, and I mean, prepare to be shocked. Their promotion for her new album. Everybody kind of figured it out. Like the second the billboards went up, people are like, "Oh yeah, it's probably for Adele's album." Um, yeah, no mystery there. None, zero mystery. So um, we get a new single in ten days. It's called "Easy on Me." Um, it comes out on the fifteenth. Which, again, it's like Starbucks better get ready because there's going to be like a rush of Russia white girls on the fifteenth. You know what else comes out on the fifteenth? the the third season of you so it's really white white girl mania (laughs) white girl october yes oh no this is everybody's gotta watch out on the 15th that's a bad day that's like the purge stay inside stay inside (laughs) (laughs) don't leave for any reason don't order food don't send people out to get your food for you keep your blinds closed yeah yeah, you're going to, instead of hearing the, like, woo, woo sound, it's going to be, like, women crying. <laughs> yeah. So, um, on top of that, I mean, again, this will be, the 15th will be a really big day if Adele actually announces and confirms this. But there's a rumor that she is, oh, how did I not make a rumor has it joke? You know still what? still time. I'll let, I'll let y'all do that at home. So she's reportedly um, trying to work out a residency in Las Vegas for next year. And she's allegedly trying to decide between uh, doing it at the MGM or Caesar's Palace. Uh, Spoiler alert, whoever pays her more, that's who she's going to. Exactly. Or I would say whoever pays her more plus whoever has waterproof floors. Because, again, I think that tears, there's a lot of salt in tears. And I think that that can like strip uh, flooring from crying. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Because you just get so emotional. Yeah, it's true. I've been to an Adele show and people do cry. Oh my God. Michael, you're more of a white girl than I am because I have never been to an Adele show. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, have you? So she released a snippet of this song. It's it's like a 10 second snippet, right? And there's no singing in it. Mostly piano, piano. right? Yeah, no singing. And the comments have been like, Adele is back. Adele is ready to take down the music and rule the music industry again i was like it's literally elevator music you're the 10 seconds is elevator music and they're freaking out calling her the queen of music over this 10 second piano yeah power the power and the video is like um she's like released a tiny clip of it and it's her driving away in like it's black and white she's driving away in a car and there's like furniture in the back of the car because she's moving out or whatever moving somewhere Moving back into our hearts, I don't know. So, again, you guys have 10 days to prepare for that. You know, call your loved ones, do what you need to do. Um, Speaking of loved ones, Jake Gyllenhaal's dog um, doesn't have any nuts anymore. But he sort of has nuts. 
So we learn that Jake, so Jake Gyllenhaal has a seven-year-old German Shepherd. He's a very cute dog. I'm talking about the German Shepherd. Um, and his dog, his vet was like, you should really get your dog neutered. I don't know why he didn't have his dog neutered before that. I mean, well, he didn't because the dog had something with his legs. I don't know. And the vet at the time recommended to not neuter him at that time because he needed testosterone, something like that. It was a medical issue. He had hip problems when he was a, a baby, so they told me instead of giving him surgery and have him go through pain when he was a, a little puppy, that I should keep him intact. <laughs> and um, and that the, the muscles that the testosterone would, would <laughs> the muscles around his hips, the testosterone would help build stronger. It's oh. a, a holistic approach. Of course, right? sure, sure, sure. Uh, and I, I said, okay, so, uh, but then as he's gotten a little bit older, he's seven years old now, uh, his prostate has become a problem. So they suggested that I get him neutered for health reasons. Oof. Right, so it wasn't just because Jake Gyllenhaal wanted to look at some dog nuts, yeah. Yeah, that's got to be. <laughs> He's like, nothing I love more than kicking back and looking at my dog's nuts. So he told Jimmy Fallon that he finally decided to get his dog neutered, but he felt bad about getting rid of his balls. So he got his dog a set of dog implants called nudicles. Now, Michael, have you ever heard of nudicles before? I have not until we decided to do this story. No. Okay. And can I tell you where I first heard about nudicles from? The Rosie O'Donnell show. She talked about them? Who, who? Way back when. Okay. Who had them? Yeah, who had them? <laughs> Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall was on that day. She's talking about how she got uh, this new surgery. She got some noodles. Poor Penny Marshall. Rest in peace. Um, so they've been around since 1995. According to the website, they're made from either silicone or polypropylene. They're rubber. And mm. they allow a pet. This is my favorite thing in the world. They allow a pet to retain its natural look and self-esteem. Do dogs even know? Maybe some. I don't know. Didn't Jake say that his dog seemed different without his nuts? Yeah, a little bit. But I mean, that could just be like post-surgery. Yeah, like, I don't nobody- know. But yeah, I don't know. But But what's disturbing is I couldn't find picture i could find pictures of the implant it's basically like a breast implant for dog nuts yeah they're like a little rubber bean kind of yeah so i found pictures of that but i wanted pictures of the nuts so i was googling all these things and now i'm definitely on a list i was googling implant in dog nut (laughs) (laughs) your your computer your computer is like so your computer is like ashamed of you. Yeah. It's like, don't make me search anymore, please. Yeah, it's shut down and has every <laughs> every right to. Oh, my God. So Scarlett Johansson settled her lawsuit against Disney. Surprise, surprise. Exactly. Not Scarlett really. Johansson. Yeah, zero surprise. I'm actually, okay, I will say, I'll get into some details, but then I'll say I'm a little bit surprised. So um, a little while ago, Scarlett Johansson sued Disney because uh, she claimed that they breached her contract. Essentially, what it boiled down to is... I'm going to like put on my lawyer hat for a second. Um, She was, she signed a contract for Black Widow and Disney was like, we're going to release it in theaters. And then Disney was like, surprise, we're also going to release it on streaming because we're in still in a COVID pandemic and like people aren't necessarily going to the movies. And she wanted to renegotiate her contract and they didn't do that. So she was saying that she was denied um, $50,000 in bonuses that she could have made if it was 50 million 50,000 50,000 is like naughty she has more more than that in her couch cushions <laughs> 50,000 imagine suing disney for 50,000 they'd like flip a coin at you and be like here take this you're obviously desperate <laughs> no you're right 50 million i don't know where i got 50,000 from um but anyway so she was that's how much she was asking Disney was being like dicks about it the whole time um, and calling her greedy and shit. And then the other day, Scarlett Johansson and Disney both confirmed that they had settled the lawsuit and they're friends again and they're going to work together in the future and all that stuff. But we have no idea what she ended up with because it's like the settlement is private. Yeah, probably somewhere under 50 million. 50,000 then? (laughs) (laughs) 50,000. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now, this she- was inevitable because she doesn't want to cut ties with Disney. They got money. And yeah. Disney probably wants to do another Black Widow. So, you think? 
Yes, they care about money. Didn't Black 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 Widow kind of did well? It sort of did okay, but I think it did like okay. It did okay, but they'll, they'll probably give her another one or put her in the Are the Avengers over? No, there's always going to be more Avengers movies. They'll they'll they're going to start running out of storylines and turn it to like Freddy versus Jason, where it's like the Avengers versus Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to need ScarJo for that. Not only that, they're going to do the live action Pocahontas any day now. And they're going to need a actress who is a woman of color and a tree to play Grandma Willow. And there's only one actress in the game that is a woman of color and a tree, and that's ScarJo. So they need her. Yeah, they Disney's hands were tied. Yes. Truly. Yes. <laughs> um, so Lindsay Lohan made news this week. I'm so what year is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I looked at, we time I looked at my watch. To 2006. Yeah. yeah. And this is like a real story, too. This isn't just like a Daily Mail piece where they're like, Lindsay Lohan flaunts her enviable curves on the beaches of Mykonos. <laughs> I don't know like if it's a... a real story. That's a stretch. But it's a story with details. <laughs> Look, a story is a beginning, a middle, and an end. Anything yeah. can be a story. This is technically a story. So Lindsay Lohan made uh, an enemy with the furry community. Michael, do you know what a furry is? Of course. No, I mean, <laughs> just checking. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone know. knows who, what a furry is. Yes. Well, in case you don't know, a furry is somebody who likes to dress up like uh, kind of an anthropomorphized version of an animal. Sometimes the furries are, dare I say it, uh oh, I don't want to call it furry sexy, but like that's kind of part of the thing is that they're like... It can be, yeah. It can be sexy. It can be like what they want. They're like, it's it's who they think they are. Like that's their, it's their persona. Excuse me, the proper word is fursona. I don't want to get an email. Anyway, furries are really into their community. So Lindsay Lohan, for some reason, decided to try to make some money off of the furry community. She was selling an NFT, which stands for... Not non-fungible fun- token. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I I don't know. So <laughs> NFT is like it's like a GIF or like a picture from the internet, basically. It's a digital asset, yeah, that, that you can auction off. Right. So she decided to auction off a digital asset with the help of this group called Canine Cartel, and it was just uh like a furry drawing of like her persona, I guess. She doesn't have one, but. She's now she does just yeah. like yeah and, and so it's super bootleg oh it's like budget it's so budget so yes. she was auctioning it off and it was like it started at like a thousand dollars or something like that and so the furry community was pissed off because they were like this is just a lazy cheap drawing this is not actually a good picture it's like a crappy picture she's just attached her name to it um and that was like their major problem was like they didn't care if Lindsay lohan was like into being a furry they just saw it as like a desperate cash grab. Yeah, and they also don't like, um, they said that a lot of high-ranking furry artists won't do NFTs because NFTs are bad for the environment. So yes. they also slammed her for that. Right, yeah. They were saying that she's like, um, just trying to make money Duh. with something. Do you, yeah, do you know hello. what you're talking about? Yeah, it lazy and cheap, trying Have to make you, money. That's her brand. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like. I hello to all the people who just learned who Lindsay Lohan is. I guess. <laughs> and last but not least, Michael, it's that time of the year when police try to convince us that people are giving out edibles to trick or treaters. This is becoming like kind of an urban legend at this point. Would you not say? Yeah, the police really want us to believe that people are willingly giving up thirty dollar bag of edibles to children. To For children, what yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So this Pennsylvania report, it kind of started this week. Um, this like Pennsylvania news report was saying that parents need to watch out because Halloween time is just around the corner and you don't know what, you know, your kids are going to have in their trick or treat bags. Will they have a bag of Skittles or will they have a bag of stoner patch dummies? And I of mean, course, I wish I yeah. Tell me where these houses are. Give me the exact address. But yeah, of course, people on the internet are calling them out saying, obviously, nobody is going to be giving away their edibles. Also, the bags aren't even the same size. Like, there's a difference between a fun size bag and a giant bag of edibles. It's weed yeah. edibles. Yeah. It's a big bag. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also, too, like, Michael, I don't know if you do uh, trick-or-treating, like, giving out candy. No. Do you? No? no? Okay. Um, but... If I did, you... I would not be giving edibles. That's for damn sure. I would probably no. be the dick who gives apples. Just to <laughs> oh, fuck with Michael. this kid. <laughs> That's no, the worst no, of all. No, tooth, toothbrushes. Toothbrushes. <gasps> oh my god, I get egged. That's if you want to get your house egged. Yeah, you'll need a whole bag of edibles to get through all the like egging yeah. and toilet papering of your house. So sorry, what were you saying about trick-or-treating? Oh, I was just going to say, like, when you do trick-or-treating, I shouldn't even say if you do trick-or-treating. This is more like, do you just buy Halloween candy as an adult? It comes in a giant bag and you open it up. And if you're doing trick-or-treating, you just dump that whole bag in, like, you know, your biggest popcorn bowl or garbage can, however you give a Halloween candy. You wouldn't then, like, go into your bedroom or go into the living room and be like, hmm, what else do I have in here? Oh, I've got a, I've got a bag of uh, weedy Cheetos. Why don't I throw those in as well? Yeah, nobody's doing that. Because if they were, I swear I would rent some kids and <laughs> make them go trick-or-treating for me. Hit up those houses. You, like, check their bag. You're like, this is all candy. Go back again. Ask for something else. Tell them to get the edibles. So this week on the podcast, we decided to return to one of our favorite segments, which is show and tell, where we show you and tell you. Well, I guess we really just tell you because this is a podcast. It's a uh, an audio medium. You can't Not see Not a anything. vlog. No, <laughs> that's our, that's for a Patreon that doesn't exist. So this week for our show and tell, I have picked a television show, which is usually what I pick to either television show or food. This actually is kind of a little bit of both of them. So my show and tell for this week is uh, The Great British Bake Off season 12, or as they would say in the UK, series 12. Uh, everything is series, not season over there. Um, so... I realized that I don't think that I've actually talked about Great British Bake Off before on the podcast, and I love it. This is a show that I absolutely love, like no question. This is one of my favorite, probably top 10 favorite shows of my whole life. And it's because, and especially the Great British Bake Off, I they have a Canadian one, which is like, it's, it's good. It's decent. The Great British Bake Off is my favorite. Um, it's very easy to watch. Everybody is so supportive of each other. Maybe that's what I like about it. It's just like, it feels like everybody on RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, LaShawn Beyond famously said, I'm not here to make friends. This is not RuPaul's best friend race. On the Great British Bake Off, everybody is there to make friends. It is the Great British best friend race. They're all very sweet to each other. Um, but I really like season 12 so far. We're only two episodes into it. Um, when I was doing a little bit of like research to talk about on the podcast and I accidentally spoiled the second episode for myself, turns out one of my favorites goes home. So that <laughs> sucks, but it's fine though, because they're all friends in the end. They all get together and they still bake with each other. If anyone is actually watching it, uh, I love Jurgen, which I'm sure lots of people like Jurgen and Lizzie, who is like such a mess. I love her. Um, and yeah, it's great. I mean, the premise is super simple. It's very easy to find Great British Bake Off as well. Like I it's easy to find it, easy to like stream it. Okay. I've never I've never seen one episode of it. So it's okay. It's kind of like um Top Chef. So is it the same sort of yes bakers every see every episode it's the same one and they compete and then one of them gets eliminated exactly and every episode follows the same format so the it'll they um each week has a theme so let's say it's cake week or it's cookie week or it's bread week and um they have three challenges so the first challenge is they have to make something let's say um let's say it's pie week and they're like, you have to make some kind of fruit pie and they get to do whatever they want to do. And then the second one is kind of like a blind challenge. So they give them the ingredients and they're like, everybody has to make this one thing. And then they're blind. Just... They have to do it blind. No, it's more blind. Like they just get the recipe is just, um, instead of being an actual recipe, if it's a bread recipe, it'll just say, uh, flour, salt, water, put it in the oven. 
And then they have to figure oh, okay. it out themselves. And then the third one is always called the showstopper. So that's when they you go all get to, out. You go all out. It's great. And then one person's declared star baker, which is the winner of the week. And then one person is declared going home. And um, and then, yeah, in the end, somebody, uh, they win a plate or like a, <laughs> they win a serving plate. They don't win any money. Like it's again, it's like very kind of. It's like just a bunch of friends getting together. And then in the end, they're like, okay, well, guess what? You're the best. Guess what, Sarah? You're the best baker. Here you go. Here's your plate and flowers. And are um, they pros or are they no, amateurs? No, they're home bakers. Okay. So it could be people like you and me baking on this show. And it's um, always judged by uh, Paul Hollywood. He's been around in the beginning, since the beginning. And it was Mary Berry. You might recognize that name yeah i remember she, her. she's not a judge Barry. anymore no prue leith is the judge and then the hosts of it there's always two hosts and they kind of um these they sort of rotate not rotate in and out but i know this will win me some enemies when i say this the original two hosts of it were these two women called mel and sue and people loved mel and sue and mm. right now the hosts were are, they like the mommies the mommies you don't know the mommies the mommies were this comedy duo okay i forgot what their real names were but it was two women okay and they had a sitcom together then they had um they hosted a talk show together are they the mommies no that would be the mummies the mummies the mummies this was the mummy this was the the mommies (laughs) Well, they're, I guess they're kind of like the mummies because Mel and Sue are like a comedy team. And I think they had a show. And I know that they like they're like the Tina Fey and Amy Poehler of um, the UK, I would say. I would say a dumb person who's never been to the UK. But the point here that I'm trying to make is I don't like I they were not my favorite hosts. The hosts right now are Noel Fielding from like the Mighty Boosh. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt, Matt Lucas from Little Britain. And. The internet is like very divided because most people hate them as hosts and I love them. I think they're so great. They're so stupid. Um, The jokes that they make are dumb, just really dumb. Um, But it's great. It's just like something so fun to just sit on your couch and watch. There's nothing stressful about it. I shouldn't say that. It's kind of stressful, but it's it's like enjoyable and it just makes you want to eat cake. Oh, yeah, that, that would be a problem for me. Mm-hmm. But I really do think like if you want a show where you just kind of relax a little bit, eat some edibles that you were going to give to kids at Halloween and watch it. It's a really enjoyable experience. But then I'd probably get electrocuted from trying to eat the TV. So yeah, I would end I don't up want... in the ER and I'd have to be like, well. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't soaking if that's what you're asking. I went trick or treating and this man gave me some candy and I thought it was <laughs> just regular candy and I ate it. Next thing you know, I'm eating my TV. Mm-hmm. Okay, my show and tell this week is very, very Oprah because okay. A, it's a book and mm-hmm. really only Oprah reads books. Well, now Reese Witherspoon, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and B, it's kind of a self-help book. I like it. I like it. Sort of. Like, you know you're old when you start recommending self-help <laughs> books. Okay, but this one, it's called Do Nothing. It's by Celeste Headley. I found out about it on TikTok, of course. Um, So it's all about kind of how overworked we are as a people and how to work smarter and less, right? So that's kind of the the basics of the book. And I don't agree with everything in the book, but it was pretty enlightening to me. Like, I realized that I do things that... I didn't realize I did. So I've been burnt out probably for 15 years at least. I've been burnt out forever, like operating on fumes. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're burnt out, like your productivity level drops. It takes you forever to do anything. And you never fully feel relaxed, right? Yes, I know. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, it's a horrible feeling. So Celeste, like, she researched a lot. And she started writing the book because she was burnt out. And she points out that many employers, you know, believe that the measure of productivity is time. You know, that's why we work eight hours a day because they think, well, you can get a lot done in eight hours. But then she found for herself, like, when she took 
note of how much she actually works, like how much time she spends actually working, it was like three hours. And then, you know, the rest is spent procrastinating on social media. Right. Talking to coworkers that. or talking to coworkers, lunch, getting coffee. Yeah. So we don't actually need eight hours of work. Nobody, not many people do actual eight hours of work. So it's, it's kind of, you know, things like that. And um, even when we're done with working, like <clears throat> we're still thinking about work. Or we put pressure on ourselves to, you know, walk 10,000 steps or to eat a certain number of calories. So it's kind of all like how we're also working when we're not working. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know you're. Yeah. When your your mind is still going, it's like even if you're just sitting on a couch or something, your brain is still working as though you're working. Yeah. And we're also you know, by counting calories and by counting our steps, we're still thinking and working instead of doing nothing. So this book kind of pushes how every day we need to do shit. We need to have a moment where we either go take a walk, where we don't really think about anything, or we just play a game and don't really think about anything, or we just sit and look at the wall, you know, like do nothing, because that's how our brain, you know, rests and gets it together for our next task. And I never really do that. Like I'm always thinking about not only work, but just always thinking about everything and always worrying. Oh, but one thing she kind of gets into that um, is uh, always rushing to get things done. And we're kind Mm -hmm. of always, you know, running a marathon and trying to get everything done. Like, Such as, you know, I used to, I don't do this anymore, but if I was at a party or on a trip and there was breaking news that I would stop what I was doing to cover it. I would leave the party. Sometimes I had left movies in the middle. Really? Just to go and write about something. Yes. And now I try not to do that. You know, I'm trying to just say that can wait till tomorrow. So, you know, there's things like that in the book. No, I have a question for you. Do you sleep really well at night? Like, do you sleep hard? Yeah, that's a thing that I've never had problems with, really. Okay. I go to sleep right away. Yeah. Okay. Can I tell you why that is? So I had a therapist explain this to me. This has everything to do with the book. Um, So my therapist, when I was like first uh, working with her, she was like asking me all this stuff. And like, she's like, what do you do for downtime? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm like, I read Wikipedia articles and I watch television and I like, you know, uh, try to learn stuff. Like I try to learn new hobbies and everything. And then she was like, how do you sleep at night? And I was like, really well, honestly, I'm like, I literally put my head on the pillow and like black out and I'm out for a solid eight hours. And she was like, that's because your body is so exhausted from thinking that when when you like overthink like that, your body, all it can do is just be like, I have to shut down. Yeah, it's like like, kind of passing out. Yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as I wake up, my brain turns on and I can't yep. go back to sleep. Usually I yep. usually I sleep the whole night, but I wake up like at five mm-hmm. and my brain immediately turns on and I immediately start thinking of a million things and I can't fully ever go back to bed. So yeah, this kind of book, you know, embraces you embracing your downtime and not everyone can do it because some people, you have to work two jobs to put yep. food on the fucking table. But it's, it's more about, you know, how to work smarter, mm-hmm. how to work less, yeah, and how to embrace, like, doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, she gets deep into other things. Like, one thing, she she has a chapter about, you know, of course, technology and how that's affected us. But apparently Netflix, one, one thing they said, at, I believe, a shareholder's meeting is that their biggest competitor is sleep. So I believe that that's why when you finish, like when you finish watching an episode and the credits start, that's Mm -hmm. why five seconds later, the next episode starts because they want you to keep binging. They want you to stay up and keep using them. So, gosh, so she tells you things like that. So, yeah, if you feel overworked, then this book might give you some tips. 
do nothing. There's our show and tells for the week. So if you want to be inspired to do nothing, read that book. You can also do nothing by watching the British, I almost said Jack Off, but that's a different show. And I'm actually, they, they should do that. They should do a spinoff, the British Jack Off <laughs> show. You're like, that's that would be my downtime is watching that show. The British Bake Off. That's what I'm talking about. So that ends this show. As always, you can email us with a question or a note at dtp at delisted.com. And we'll be back next week, whether you like it or not. Bye. <laughs> Bye.